0: Michael Michael Reed on
1: on LMFM. Independent member of uh, the European Parliament, Luke Ming Flanagan joins us now. Good morning to you, Ming, and uh, thanks uh, for your time with us uh, to talk about the only story that anybody is interested in. I think not just here, but uh, around uh, the world. How how do you think we've been reacting uh, to the outbreak of uh, COVID 19 in this country? Because I think you were a little bit critical of government for moving too slow before the lockdown that we're in now.
0: Well, look at uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, I have been urging the government to act quicker. Whether that be cancelling the Patrick's Day parade, whether that be restricting visits to nursing homes, or whether that be uh, letting the uh, Italian supporters in here uh, after the rugby match was cancelled. But. Look, at um, there's absolutely nothing you can do about the past. You can't change the past. And what uh, we've got to make sure is that everything is got as right as we possibly can get it from now on, whether that be uh, personal protective equipment, uh, getting enough of it, getting the right spec, or whether that be making sure that we have enough intensive care unit beds, enough ventilators, etc. We've got to make sure that we get absolutely everything right uh, from now on, And uh, hopefully that's what the government will do. Um, I and my family, we've had personal experience uh, Mm. of the whole situation. We brought our uh, 15-year-old daughter to be tested uh, two weeks ago on um, uh, Saturday. So that's 16 days ago. And uh, while um, I understand that it's frontline workers that are being tested, and I think it makes sense to test them before anybody else Um, When my daughter was tested, um, they were testing uh, wholesale and trying to test as many people as possible. But when you sit down and you look at the information that comes out on the news every evening and the number of tests done and the number of results, etc., you'd have to wonder um, exactly what the true figures are Mm. when I know personally someone in my own house, my daughter, who's now waiting 16 days for a result, has been isolated in her own room, having her meals left outside for over the last two weeks. Uh, I would have to question, and uh, many people are questioning, why it has taken so long for results to come back. But look, Hmm. this is all new to everybody. It's not easy. So hopefully we get everything right from now on. Did
1: you wonder about Ryan Turbity, or Claire Byrne for that matter? I think Ryan Turbity was... Sick on a Thursday, sick out of work, sick on a a Thursday. Said he had a a persistent cough, Uh, and by the Monday, he was able to uh, announce uh, that he had contracted COVID 19.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of that might have to do with uh, how early they went in for testing. And how the turnaround was quicker at the time mm. I, I don't know the specific circumstances for themselves. And, and I remember, remember it was after
1: they changed the criteria of, uh, and, uh, and I'll stand corrected on that but I, I think it was when they uh, came out with this now very uh, strict criteria that you have uh, to be in one of uh, the priority groups uh, and uh, then there's the additional measures uh, which uh, would be that uh, you'd be in touch with uh, somebody who had uh, COVID-19 or that Yeah of they thing. have,
0: yeah, a, yeah. they, they the criteria mm. are more stringent and when we did ring when my wife rang the doctor um uh, it was on the basis that my daughter had a very bad headache had a uh, tightening in the chest and had uh, a very bad cough she didn't mm. actually have a temperature so as you do with the child we were worried and we rang and uh, we were brought in for a test and i do remember at the time People saying, oh, my God, how come you managed to get a test within three days? I think uh, it was more random than anything else or mm-hmm. who you were, And uh, at the fact now that we're waiting basically 16 days for a result yeah. will tell you that uh, it just seems to be uh, pot luck. But I think the mm-hmm. important thing to take out of this, though, is that when you hear the amount of people who have come up positive when tested, um, I think you have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt because uh, uh, basically uh, the amount of results that mm-hmm. people have got back uh, from the people that I've spoken to, well, there's an awful lot of people waiting for results. So we don't know the mm-hmm. true situation. So, well, I absolutely, the best yeah, advice yeah, mm-hmm, that anyone yeah. can give and anyone has been given is to stay at home, uh, think for the last 16 days the closest mm. anyone in my family has got to anyone was uh, about 5 metres away and we are going to continue to adopt the attitude that absolutely everyone in our house has it ha- and how, how, absolutely how is everyone we approach yeah. has it and that way we lessen the chance of
1: it How is she now anyway? How's your daughter?
0: Um, uh, my daughter's uh, it still has uh, the same cough, uh, maybe a little bit worse. It right. doesn't seem to have progressed in any way. If it wasn't for the fact that uh, um, uh, the virus is going around and everyone is talking about it, mm. uh, we just we wouldn't have taken an amazing amount of notice of it. We'd have just done what we normally do when mm. she'd have a cold or a flu. But, uh, obviously, you're a little bit more worried uh, in the current situation. But, at the moment, uh, we're just waiting for it to get better and uh, just to get Mm. back to, well, whatever sort of normality is out there for us.
1: As you say, I think we all know a number of people who are waiting for test results, waiting to be tested, uh, and, indeed, people who have been told to isolate their GP has said, look, uh, you have to assume that you have it and just stay home, and you're not going to be tested. So, the figures uh, are really not worth looking at in terms of the number of people who have been identified As having coronavirus, Uh, it's uh, the number of people who've died as a result of COVID-19 and the number of people who were in hospital and the number of people who were in ICU. And those numbers uh, are beginning to swell at this stage. Uh, They're expecting a a surge uh, this week and uh, there could be some very hard times ahead.
0: Yeah, well, if you if you look at uh, how it has gone on, gone in other countries, whether that be Italy, whether that be France, Spain, and now we're looking at the UK, um, it does come to a certain peak. Uh, The ideal scenario, uh, given that we we have this virus and we, we don't have a vaccine, is that you limit that peak. Uh, to uh, as minimum a level as possible so that the health service can deal with it. Uh, We will expect more waves of this. It isn't going to go away uh, after it hits the first peak. Uh, The only time it will go away is when we find a vaccine. And if you listen to, I suppose, the most optimistic reports from someone like Angela Merkel is that potentially... Potentially, and this would be a kind of a miracle because it usually takes longer than this. Potentially, by early autumn, they might have found a vaccine. But I think one thing we've got to get used to until a vaccine is found, uh, what we're doing now is going to have to continue whether that be in a more extreme form of a lockdown or in the state that it is now. And I think it will be in the state that it is now because if you look at the surveys that have been done, people are actually sticking to this, difficult and all as it is. But uh, this is going to keep coming until we find a vaccine. So in the meantime... We've just got to keep the the, the hatches battened down and uh, hopefully our health service can deal with this. And hopefully uh, society will, as it is showing, uh, that uh, we'll all stick together and we look after each other. There is one particular, uh, there is a particular group of people that I have been contacted about uh, since all of this has kicked off and that uh, is people who are living in direct provision and asylum seekers who are in a situation whereby they have to live very, very close to each other. Uh, The government really needs to do something about this and they need to do something about it quick because we are going to see a very, very high rate of infection. And if anyone says, oh, well, you know what, we've got to look after our own first, first, I'd say that's the wrong attitude. And secondly, We are quite literally all in this together. So the more people in the community, whether they are in direct provision, whether they are homeless people, whether they are people living in regular homes, no matter who you are, we can all infect each other. So unless the government takes care of everyone and the most vulnerable, then everyone will, will be affected by this. So I would appeal here and now on your radio station for Charlie Flanagan to take this situation very serious because... It's not right. You've got to protect the most vulnerable. Mm. And we are all in this together. We need to look at those words And act upon them and make them real and not not let it just be a throwaway catchphrase.
1: Indeed, we heard just a few moments ago how difficult it can be for travellers to self-isolate and uh, to follow the physical distancing guidelines uh, and so on. Uh, It's easier to do this for some than it is uh, for others. Uh, There is also hope, uh, I think, that there's an existing vaccine uh, that can uh, be used, uh, can be adopted uh, to deal with with uh, COVID-19 and if that is the case uh, it could be available in months otherwise it could be 12 or 18 months for that matter as you say Uh, this isn't a problem that's unique here or uh, in uh, this part of the world Uh, and you've been critical of how the EU has been making funding available for this particular problem and to help countries to tackle it.
0: Well, really, like the EU was in a fantastic position uh, to do something about this. It was in a position with the ECB whereby we could have printed money and we could have made it available to people without states worrying about ending up with uh, massive deficits and having to impose austerity on people in the future. But instead, like all I have seen, and we are having another meeting of the European Parliament on the 15th and the 16th of this month uh, remotely, all that I have seen is that the states have come to an agreement that uh, countries who haven't spent their cohesion funding can now spend it and uh, use it to create matching funding and spend even more. But unfortunately, well, whether it be unfortunate or not, uh, the result is that Ireland gets virtually nothing because we had our cohesion funding spent already. So at a time when uh, the European Union, which is there uh, to help us, um, uh, because apparently we're a small country mm. and to help all small countries come together uh, to increase our chances uh, of dealing with any crisis that may come our way, at this very time, it seems that European states are all running in their own direction and countries like Italy have seen, whether it's for propaganda reasons or whether it's for good reasons, it's irrelevant, it still results in good happening, we see Italy having to depend on China, having to depend on Russia, and having to depend on Cuba for help. This shouldn't happen, and it shouldn't be happening. The EU should make more money available, uh, whether that be by quantitative easing or whatever way they can find the money, because at the moment, it's really been... a meagre um, response uh, to really, in comparison to what they could be doing.
1: And uh, it's money that has already been allocated to countries, uh, and uh, even... Uh, if it was in line with uh, how this is outbreaking. uh, Because it has already been allocated, uh, the sums differ from country to country. I think you were making the point that Poland would get €2,262 per head in comparison to €729 given uh, for every Irish person as such. Uh, But uh, this uh, is uh, the big question, isn't it, in terms of how do you pay for the problem. Uh, What about that suggestion of uh, just printing off money and worrying about it tomorrow?
0: Well, look at it. People need money in their pockets because if they don't have money in their pockets... The pull will be there, whether it be at a national level or at an individual or at a local level, for people to go back out and stipe, stipe, be forced to act like it's normal and to work in jobs whereby they are non-essential now from the point of view of functioning of society. But they will then become essential again because people will need money in their pockets. So, Definitely, there is a need for uh, the the ECB and the European Commission to come together and to print money. We had a situation in this country, and I was in the Dáil at the time, uh, where in the middle of the night, we printed tens of billions of euros and made it available to the banks. We should be able to do something similar for this situation so that at the end of it, we don't have a, a situation whereby we have massive austerity and lots of vulnerable people whether they be elderly or whether they be poor people end up dying as a result of austerity anyway. So mm. I think uh, I think the European Union needs to do what it did for the banks and needs to so- show solidarity in that sense because all I see at the moment is we have an umbrella organisation and we have people fighting over who gets the umbrella rather than the umbrella covering everyone. Mm,
1: right. Right. We have to leave there for the moment. It's good to talk to you. Thanks uh, for taking the time. Thank you very much. Stay safe yeah, and uh, yeah. I hope your family are safe yeah. as well for that matter. That's uh, Independent MEP, Luke Ming Flanagan.